Boom blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Raptors fans, wow, that was a close one. Probably too close, but I'll be honest and say this. Hey, sometimes you got to win ugly. There's going to be nights where you have these, what are, I mean, trap games. Let's not fake the funk. With Philly coming in the, to Scotiabank Arena on Monday night. This Atlanta Hawks team, losers of five straight. We know they're down due to performance-enhancing drugs. I'll be technically correct here. Um, but we know this is a shorthanded team, a young team that's struggling so far. And the Raps won ugly in this game. But hey, at the end of the day, the scoreboard says it's a win. The standings say it's a win. So you take it. 119-116 as the Raptors improve to one or sorry, improved to 11-4 and four on the season. And again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Huge shouts to the people tuning in live on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, as you do after each and every podcast. And if you are watching, you do enjoy it, hit us with a like and a retweet. Spread the love that is the Wrap It Up podcast, because we're here live, rocking on Twitter, and it's growing, and we love it, and taking all your comments and questions there on Twitter as people start to filter in to that chat on Twitter. And same thing goes for Instagram. That feed is up at Sheldon Alexander. And the Instagram feed is just an extra feed to give people more chances to join in on this, the post-game show, the post-game podcast, which, again, is your podcast, the Raptors fans podcast, because we want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I'm here with the microphone, but with... The power of this now social media thing in 2019, you have the ability to all join in on this that I like to call my uh, group text, that this is how we started this podcast with the idea that I was going to have a, it, bring on my Raptors uh, group text to the masses after each and every game. And here we are. So thank you guys for tuning in. And of course, it's Saturday night. Totally understand. If you're out early, you want to get caught up in what happened in the Raps game? We got you covered because this conversation will then find its way online onto Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course YouTube. Like and subscribe. Follow up there as well. Spread the love because we got you covered. And all those things too, You got it's just important to like and rate and that's how we keep all these things moving. But of course, let's get down to the business that happened tonight. And Atlanta... Playing on the second night of a back-to-back. They come into this game after uh, getting blown out. And the funny, th not the funny thing, but coming in, I guess the main storyline was Atlanta coming into this game after getting blown out by the Detroit Pistons 128-103. They had the ever-popular team meeting. And whenever you have the team meeting, you can only pull out the team meeting or the players-only meeting so many times, right? So after a terrible road trip in which they'd like their L.A., if you look at the scores from when they were in L.A. last weekend, it was just atrocious. So they've been playing terribly coming in and they came out early 
as a team that did have the te- the players only meeting or the team meeting because they came out aggressive and they played hard all the way through. I mean, I can't even be I can't even be that upset if I'm the Hawks coach because you just got beat by a better team that was able to win ugly, but in terms of an effort standpoint, the Hawks could have folded so many times in this game, but yet they were making runs near the end to at least make it close to make the Raptors have to fight. And again, Raptors win 119-116. Pascal Siakam, to me, he was a player of the game in the sense that 34 points, easy. 11 of 18 from the floor, which is big. But to me, the thing with Pascal was he came up big in the fourth quarter. And that's what star players do. When you're talking about who's the best player, who's the man on your team, part of the responsibility that comes with that is you're going to win ugly because your star player is going to bail you out when you don't really deserve to win. Let's be honest, this didn't really know this didn't really look like the Raptors team that we've been watching most of the season. The Atlanta Hawks shot 53% from the floor this season or in this game. 53%. First time all year the Raps have allowed an opponent to shoot over 50% and the Hawks I mean in part I'll say this, in part a lot of it was self-inflicted by the Raps because it was turnovers. And one stat to keep an eye on coming in was Atlanta was third in the league in steals and fifth in the league in terms of turnovers forced per game. So if you come in looking at this team as uh, they've been blown out for the past week, they've only won four games all year, we're the defending champs, we're playing nice, you know you got Philly coming in on Monday. I mean, Pascal even kind of alluded to it in his post game, where, you know, you look at a team's record and you don't really come in with the right mentality. And that's what happened with the Raps in this game because the Hawks, the Hawks came out gunning. Trey Young, that kid is amazing. He can ball. And I know it's this new wave NBA where people watch more Instagram highlights and they do actual games. And so Trey Young's crazy crossovers and pull-up shots from half court get more attention than the fact that he doesn't play defense. And I understand that. But his offensive game is crazy. And he led the way for this team, giving them more than a chance to win. And it was apparent when Trey Young subbed out, <laughs> the Hawks had no chance, really. That's when everything went downhill for them. But early on in this game, it was Trey Young and the Hawks had early, like they had two 10 0 runs in the first half of this game. And if you look back at it, the Hawks led after one, they're up by one after one. And in the second quarter, it didn't get much better for the Raps. They had four straight possessions where they just turned over the ball and led to the Hawks just getting layups or dunks. And the Raps just looked uninterested in this game in the first half. Again, mention that. Imagine having two 10-0 runs in the first half. That's what the, the Hawks did to the Raps. And the Raps were struggling on offense and turning over the ball, super sloppy, but Here's why Nick Nurse is Nick Nurse, and he's been doing such a good job with this team. The Raps were looking ugly in the second quarter, and after the second 10-0 run, brings back in Gasol, draws up a play for Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas hits a three, just kind of settles things down. But on top of that, on top of that, got to give a lot of love to Fred Van Fleet in this game. Because a lot of young players would take this as, I'm going one-on-one against Trey Young. And so Trey Young comes down the floor, dribble, 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 pulls up, hits a deep three. How many times do you see in the NBA where 
the opposing point guard who just got scored on now. Now it's my turn to come down the floor and I'm going to pull up and shoot the big three. Fred didn't really do that. He didn't. Everything Fred Van Fleet did in this game was within the offense. And I know his shooting numbers, 7 for 21, don't look that good. Don't get me wrong, I get it. But if you remember from the start of this road trip, or not the road trip, but this recent run where Kyle and Serge have been out, we stated you can't really get that mad at the shooting attempts from Pascal or from Freddie or the shooting numbers that they're going to put up because you need them to score. So they got to shoot. They got to be the guys taking the high volume shots. And so when you see 7 of 21 from Freddie, you might think that's not okay, but at the end of the day, you need him to get to that 20 point spot. And this game, he finished with 25. But I'm talking about the pace and how he controlled the game for the Raps. And he didn't get baited into this is me versus Trey Young. And hey, how this normal NBA goes now, you see a lot of people fall victim to that. Trey Young in this game, 30 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds, 11 for 23 from the floor, 4 of 11 from 3. You'd get baited into going on this mano a mano type tip, and Freddie almost did the opposite. Every time, every time Trey Young came down and hit one of those ridiculous threes, I kind of thought, oh, maybe Freddie's going to try to come get him back. And you know what Freddie did most often than not? I want to say even like 90% of the time, he came in, got in the lane, and made the correct basketball pass to create something for his teammate. And that to me is a maturity and the growth that we're seeing in Fred Van Fleet. And it's, it's incredible. This is not the same Fred Van Fleet that we saw last year or the year before. And it's little things that you notice that he's improved and he's been in the lab and they've practiced and worked on so much. One thing especially if you if you actually watch the games a lot, right? And and I know this is going to sound kind of basketball nerdy for sure, but I thought last season, Freddie really struggled on his pick and roll passes. Like, remember how great Kyle and Serge were at that pick and pop two-man game? And I felt when, when Freddie got in the game and it was his turn to kind of do that, he would struggle at times, finding the angles, finding the right spots to hit his guys. This year, he doesn't have that problem at all. Freddie has given a master class at how to play the point guard position this season. And especially with Kyle Lowry out of the game, he's in control of the entire offense for the Toronto Raptors. And he's doing everything. He's doing this in terms of getting his teammates involved as well as getting himself involved and pushing the pace. It's such a beautiful thing to see. 25 points for Freddie, nine assists in this game, and... Two of nine from three. And again, I, I stress I stress this point so much. You need Fred Van Fleet to get shots up, so you can't really knock him for his shooting percentages. At this stage, when Kyle comes back, when Serge comes back, meaning you have other guys that can get buckets, cool. But at this point, with this team, Pascal and Freddie just got to get shots up. And they did that tonight. Pascal was more effective, but Freddie got to that 25-point mark. And... When you're going up against someone who's a high-volume shooter and scorer like Trey Young, a lot of your work is going to be done with defense. But also, once you're getting up to 25 and he gets 30, it's a job well done if you're Fred Van Fleet. So got to give Freddie a whole lot of credit there for the work that he did. Another guy that continues to play really well as of late is Norman Powell. 
<laughs> and the Norman Powell experience has been a very interesting one. And sometimes even within the game itself, the Norman Powell experience is such a roller coaster ride because he'll have a couple possessions in a row where he just looks so out of control. And then again, he'll come back and then you're just looking at this guy like he can't be stopped. <laughs> and Norm put up another solid performance and Norm with 20 points, 8 of 15 shooting. And the key for Norman Powell, and I, I always think this is the case, when Norm uses his athleticism and Norm is going to the basket, that's when he's so much more effective. When he starts inside, cutting to the basket, getting the easy dunks or layups or aggressive going to the cup, then takes the threes, things always seem to work out better for Norman Powell. And we saw that tonight. And... When the Raps get that production from Norm, they become such more, much more of a difficult team to beat because Norm can get you off the bounce, Freddie can get you off the bounce, Pascal can get you off the bounce. And then now you have these other pieces that just continue to fill in so well. And it'll lead me to the first comments I'll read. This one actually comes from Instagram. And DJ Raymond just writes in and says, hashtag let Rondé cook. And I'm reading that comment right now because it fits perfectly with where I was going to go next. And that is the continued work being put up by the bench. And Rondé comes off the bench with nine rebounds, four assists, only had seven points. But the energy that he and Boucher and Terrence Davis brought off the bench in this game was huge. Especially in that fourth quarter, because let's start with the first half, though. First half, though, because when Boucher came in in the first half... Boucher just, he he went off. And I tweeted out that Chris Boucher remains, like, Chris Boucher is a lot of things. One of those things is not shy. He comes in the game and he gets shots up. And I give the Raps team a lot of credit because they trust him now. He's earned their trust to the point where he comes in the game and they know to find him because he's ready to shoot. And when those two guys came in early on in the game, Boucher right away, and now you're, you're seeing him expand his game. It's not just him just shooting threes or getting dunks. You saw him, the first bucket he scored, he upfaked, drove in the lane, and got an and one. Then next time down, hits a three. My guy had six points in his first minutes, <laughs> just like taking off the warm-ups a minute later, my guy has six points. And Chris Boucher is showing that he is definitely a legit NBA player. He can play in this league. Enters in the double digits again for the Raps. 13 points, 8 rebounds. And the big part for him and Rondé is they control the paint. Whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense, they are dominating things in the paint. And that is a difference maker. Especially in a game like this where the Raps offense wasn't really clicking as we've seen at other points during the season. So you need to kind of make the game a little ugly. You need to muck it up. You need to hit the glass, get offensive rebounds, do all those little things that turn into big things, meaning victories. But you saw that from both Rondé and Chris Boucher, especially in that fourth quarter when the game was really tight. Rondé made a couple plays in the key where he's just he just wants it more than the other guy. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but he's coming in fresh. And that's the thing. When you come in off the bench, you got to go balls to the wall right from the get-go because you have no excuse. You're well-rested. <laughs> you know you're only going to be out there for, especially when they come in in the fourth quarter, you know that chances are you're not going to close the game. So when you get that fourth quarter burn, you got to go all out. 
And that's what you're seeing from Rondé every time he steps out there. And and it's a perfect example as well that it's not all about scoring because these guys are getting on the glass. These guys are altering shots. They're blocking shots. And timely rebounds, extra possessions late are huge, especially when a game like this where it came down to a one-possession game. Trey Young had a shot at half court, which, I mean... 90% of players in the league, you, you're not even worried about that shot going in because it's from half court, but I wouldn't even say 90%. I'd bump that number up to like 95 because really I'm thinking what? Steph, Trey Young, Clay, KD, right? Like how many players in the actual entire NBA, meaning in the entire world, Luca, I'll add Luca, but are you worried about them pulling up from half court to tie the game at the buzzer? But that was a shot that the Raps had or left Atlanta with. And when it becomes a one-possession game like that, that's why those Rondé minutes, that's why those Boucher minutes become so important because they get on the glass and each of them had four offensive rebounds, right? Those are all extra possessions. That's why it becomes super important. And just to go back to Trey Young for a sec, <laughs> I know that shot was ridiculous that he took at half court at the end of the game. But if you go back to the shot that he hit to go into halftime, <laughs> that was equally as stupid. And that one just happened to go in. So, I don't know. The Hawks, they're probably a couple pieces away from being an interesting team. Like, you know, kind of making the leap that you're seeing right now from the Phoenix Suns. But Trey Young is definitely a player. Definitely a player. Um, Hunter actually had a really good game for... The Hawks as well. He had 26 points, gave them some secondary scoring, and he really picked up the slack, I think, at a couple points where the game could have slipped when Trey was on the bench, and he knocked down some threes. But end of the day, when Collins comes back, give them a little more. I mean, he's probably he's their second-best player. So when he comes back, obviously that changes a lot. But as of now, Trey Young's world, man. It's Trey Young's wave in the ATL. And people are enjoying that ride so far. But again, the Toronto Raptors win this game 119 to 116. And Pascal Siakam leading the way for the Toronto Raptors as Pascal finished this game with 34 points. And he put up a big, big numbers in the fourth quarter for Pascal. To me, that was the difference for, for the Raps, Pascal's fourth quarter. But as mentioned, this podcast is interactive as well so we got to take a bunch of comments here as both chats are filled up so let's get to some comments now logan checks in on twitter and says he was worried <laughs> um i i think a lot of the raptors fan base was worried and the weird part about this game was you're watching it and if you watch the nba you know good teams versus bad teams you kind of know that sometimes the better team just comes out sluggish and then eventually they'll pull away and I think most Raptors fans were watching that game thinking, okay, they're going to pull away now. Okay, they're going to pull away now. Okay, and it never happened. <laughs> but either way, they got the dub. Uh, let's see, what's this say? Uh, another comment on Twitter says, not sure whether this is a 4-11 and Atlanta or the Raps just played bad. Uh, I'll say this, that Atlanta team that's 4-11 and it wasn't the same Atlanta team that was getting run out of the gym by over 100 points combined, I want to say, over their last like four or five games. So it wasn't that Atlanta Hawks team. I'll tell you that much. That's facts. So the team meeting 
pulled out by their coach seemed to work. They had way more energy in this game. They came out great to start the game. They were winning the game at halftime, and they had a chance to win at the end. The Raps, though, at this stage are just a better team and well-oiled machine. That's about it. When you're a good team, you find ways to win games that you probably shouldn't, <laughs> and that's what the Raps did tonight. Uh, someone says, what do you think of Siakam lately? He seems less aggressive than usual. Um, Pascal, I think what's happening with this team is I think everyone's starting to figure out their roles, but also figure out their teammates. And I think especially when at the start of the year, all the hype for sure was no Kawhi, it's Pascal's team. He's got to get buckets. And so he came out super aggressive and shooting everything and getting those, he had those big, like every game he was over what, 28. It was going over 30 so much to start the season. But also I think what's happened as of late is he's becoming more comfortable with the other guys on the team. So he doesn't have to force as many shots as he might've been doing early on in the season. He's gotten used to a guy like Terrence Davis, knowing that he can hit open shots. He's comfortable on the floor. Pascal's gotten used to Chris Boucher. He's gotten used to Rondé. And you're learning where all those other guys like the ball so you can dime those guys off. And it's not solely about Pascal having to get to 30. So I don't know if less aggressive is the right term, but maybe he's just playing a little bit differently because he's not just gunning. He's not just taking all the shots. He's going to try to pass the ball. He'll pick his spots a bit more. That's the word I'm looking for. Or the term. And I use that term because that's what, and he's not there yet, but I'm saying that's what the really, really good players did. And I think that's the most underrated part of Kawhi's game last year was Kawhi was the best at picking his spots in terms of, okay, we're in trouble. I need a 6-0 run right here. I need to get a stop here. I need to get a bucket here. And you hear Siakam after the game and you hear that guy talk. And if you're a Raptors fan, you're excited to hear your young star player talk about wanting to get better and knowing that he wants to be the best player on the floor night in, night out. So, yeah, we're seeing the growth of Pascal as the season even goes along. Uh, let's see, Jeff Berg writes in and says, do you see the score, do you see the Philly score against Miami tonight? Terrifying. And I will look at that right now because I did not see that. But that is a game that I will definitely be checking out later. And Philly just ran, wow. Philly at home ran the heat out of the gym, 113 to 86. And here's what I'll say about Philly. I still say Miami is a very good team. We know that already. Uh, Philly is a team that plays off of emotion. Joel Embiid plays a lot of off a lot of emotion and I know that early on in this game Philly went on a crazy run and Jimmy Butler either like had a turnover or something like that but obviously Philly crowd was booing him and as they called the timeout as a heat called the timeout Joel Embiid's woofing up the crowd the crowd's getting hype if you remember back Raptors fans to last season and the series against the Sixers they thrive off of that so I could easily see, you know, the crowd just being extra juiced up to give it to Jimmy, the team being extra juiced up to give it to Jimmy. And I'm not really that surprised by that. Not really that surprised by that. But importantly to the Raps, hey, Philly coming into that game Monday night with some confidence. And I'm looking forward to that game because you know me. I love me the big boy games. 
Uh, more pass, more comments here on Twitter. Dara checks in and says, I like what Pascal said in the post game. He has to be the best player on the court to take us anywhere. It's true, but even to have the confidence to say that, that's what I'm impressed with. Because we're seeing the work. We know the work, right? We know that he got the max contract, so you know the, te the team believes that in him. We've seen the glow up continue. We see the Instagram videos, and I'm not saying that because you don't see someone's Instagram videos means they're not working. It's not what I'm saying. But you know that Pascal is doing the work in the offseason. So then to hear him express his goals, speak it into existence, let's say. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, more comments, though. So many comments tonight. Really thank you guys for rocking with us on this Wrap It Up podcast on a Saturday night. But more comments. Matthew says, I had faith in the Hustle Man chap to show up and make that last free throw. Uh, Hustle Man. I kind of like that, that, uh, that nickname for Rondé. It's an interesting one. Reminds me of Nipsey, of course. Kind of like that. I mean, I'm okay. I'm, I'm working towards it. It's better than the JYD thing because I hate that every hustle player that comes to Toronto, they try to give them the JYD nickname, and that's just lame. Especially because most of the guys that they've tried to give him the nickname to have been way better than JYD. <laughs> so, but anyways. Uh, Austin checks in and says, Siakam with those back-to-back -back threes to start the third was huge. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Remember the Kawhi picking the spots like, okay, I had enough. Remember Fred's famous quote? I forget what game it was now. Was it game three or game four in Oracle? Remember Kawhi comes out, knocks down as Freddie labeled them. The Kawhi hit those two FU threes. I'm just saying, picking Siakam, it's not that he's less aggressive. It's that he's figuring out the game more playing the game at his speed, and picking his spots. And that's what the great ones do. Um, let's see here. What else is going on? More comments, more comments. Jeff Berg says, my norm is going to be fine. Take is aging really well. Shouts to Jeff Berg. Jeff Berg is one of the regulars that rocks with the podcast for sure. He is also uh, the mayor, I'll say, of Boucher Island because he was in the podcast of chat comments from Instagram. On, not on Instagram, on YouTube from last year, saying that the Raps should play Boucher more. Obviously, the season worked out <laughs> without them playing Boucher a lot, but the point remains that, hey, Boucher is doing work now. He is doing work. Um, someone says, you can tell that Sheldon is a Fred Van Vliet fan because he's sporting the Fred Van Vliet beard. <laughs> Um, I've been rocking this beard for longer than Fred Van Fleet has been a thing. So for the record, for the record, <laughs> just joking, but appreciate the love. I got it. I got to hit up clean cuts and kind of like clean up the beard a little though, to be honest, I got to holler at skip myself, but, uh, more comments here. Raptor Homer says at the end of the day, we still need Kyle, the goat, Lowry and Serge Ibaka. Of course, if your aspirations are making a deep run, those are two just experienced players that were obviously key contributors to your championship run. So adding those two dudes, if your aspirations are again to make a deep run in the Eastern Conference playoffs, of course you need those two guys. I'll just end it there because I'm not even getting into that conversation again because I guess the update as of now, actually, I'll mention this. Serge, there was talk that Serge might have been able to play in tonight's game, but obviously he did not. Uh, so he's expected back sometime within the next week. 
Kyle, the target date, I think they said was December 2nd. So help is on the way. And let's be honest, if you take a peek at the rap schedule that is upcoming, they are going to need the reinforcements because the schedule kinds of pick kind of picks up. Because we, we alluded to this, right? We talked about this, the fact that the raps so far, injuries, no injuries, whatever, they've taken care of business, right? But the one factor that not that has you worried because I think you're you're happy with everything that you've seen so far, but the one thing that people are bringing up that you have to look at if you're trying to be objective, which is something we try to do on the pod, be objective, right? And the Raps losses so far this season, obviously they had a great win against the Lakers without Serge and Kyle. That's massive. They lost to the Clippers the following night, but played their hearts out. But moral victories don't count in the, in the standings, right? So you look at the Raps and you say they've lost on the road in Boston. They've lost on the road in Milwaukee. They lost at the Clippers and they lost at Dallas. When you look at those teams, the thing that those teams all have in common is they are over 500. The Raps have taken care of business against the teams they're supposed to beat. And a lot of those teams are just under 500. That's just the reality of the situation. Now, you only play who's in front of you. And they've, again, they've laid the smackdown on the teams they're supposed to. But I'm bringing this up because the schedule, when you look ahead, you got the Sixers on Monday. Then after that, cool, you got the Knicks. But Orlando, Utah, Miami, Houston, and then Philly again. That's a tough run. That's a tough run. The only, like, if you're going to say gimme wins, which I don't even think, I don't feel comfortable talking about this Toronto Raptors team and saying that there are gimme wins, because I still think as a young team, you got to build good habits and you don't like to have games like you had tonight against the Hawks where you play sloppy. So I don't want to say gimme wins, but for the purpose of this conversation, I'll say that. You look at that sked and it's, the Knicks, and I guess Orlando, but you know Orlando plays the Raps tough. So when you take a look at it, Philly, Knicks, Orlando, Utah, Miami, Houston, and Philly again. And then you got the Bulls, and you know what's after that game? That December 11th against Kawhi Leonard and the Clips. So things get to tighten up here for the Raps coming up. So, hey, building up all these wins, getting your record out to 11-4, and four, Looking at your view from near the top of the Eastern Conference standings, that is a great place to be if you're a Raptors fan. And so, hey, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, someone says here, those are all road games that they lost. Totally agree with you. I'm just bringing up the facts. Don't like, don't read too much into it. I'm just bringing up the facts. These are the games. Those are the teams they played. Those are the teams they lost to. Schedule's going to tighten up a little. Hopefully, full-strength wraps. We get to see what they can really do against these teams. And yeah, uh, someone checks in. Mike checks in and says, yeah, this was a trap game. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree. It was a trap game. I just struggle to look at this wraps team and say that you can fall victim to trap games. I, don't, I just don't think that you're at that stage yet. You're defending champs, but we know that this isn't the same defending championship team, if you know what I'm saying. They're a young team. You got to come up with aggressive and ask Pascal. Hey, this isn't just me saying that. This is what Pascal pretty much said in his post-game interview as well. So 
The message is clear. Can't have trap games like this, but end of the day, still a win. Let me get to Instagram because there's a lot of people in there and the Instagram chat has been bubbling. Those guys are all energy. So I guess we're talking about Boucher. We're talking about Rondé Hollis Jefferson, right? Alex checks in and says, those guys are all energy and hustle guys. It's no wonder they're helping this team in such a big way, even when they're not scoring as well. Exactly. Because the one thing that, hey, sometimes your shot might be falling, you can't really control that. What you can control is your effort, right? Effort, you can, effort travels. <laughs> no? Uh, Gozi checks in and says, that game should not be that close. Uh... I agree with that, totally. Uh, Pastor Wesley says, Abaka needs to raid Siakam's spice cabinet. Son was cooking some traditional Cameroonian dishes out there. <laughs> That's fair. Siakam's game, man. Siakam's game is nice. Uh, NBA fact from DJ Raymond says, Vince Carter was drafted before the iPod came out. Vince Carter, man. I don't even want to talk. I don't want to dedicate time to talking about Vince Carter on this podcast. I really don't. I really don't. I'm over Vince Carter. I've been over Vince Carter. And the Raps are NBA champs now. So that should like lower the pedestal of what Vince Carter means to me. But I know I'm alone in that. And before more people write in and say I'm a Vince Carter hater or whatever, or start me going on a Vince Carter rant, I'm just going to move on. Uh, Akeem says, Siakam hit those back-to-back -back threes to start the third. That was clutch. Uh, Glow Girl Smile says, it's a long season, so Siakam is wise to let other players score and play what the defense gives. Very true. Very true. That's all part of playing the game at your own speed and pacing yourself throughout the season, right? You don't want to get... He, he can't be... We didn't think Siakam was going to average over 30 points a game for the season, right? So... Not mad at Siakam. Not mad at all. Uh, more comments. Siakam and Van Fleet are such mature players for their age. You know we're in a great position moving forward when two of our key pieces for the season to come in are unselfish and in the way that they play. It's true. If your star players are willing to pass the ball and move the ball, then you have no excuse. Unless you're Stanley Johnson. <laughs> uh, but... But the point remains, right? The the passing is contagious. Everyone moving the ball. Uh, let's see some OG didn't really have such a big game. That part is true. But I'm not mad at OG. K2's Garnett checks in with his regular comment. Sheldon coming with his seventh in the East vibe. Stop it. I did not. <laughs> we got to mention that every, every pod. I didn't say they're coming in seventh. Relax, relax, relax. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to this, the wrap it up podcast. So many comments as always really appreciate you guys. Huge shouts to, uh, DJ Raymond, glow girl, smile, Alex, K2's Garnett, always tuning in Ragul, fly miss. Uh, really appreciate all you guys. Pastor Wesley. Oh, DZ. Oh dog. I still got to holla at you. Don't worry. I didn't forget about you. Shouts to Tata, the hot sauce. Try it out. Um, Huge shouts to all you people, for sure. Jeff Berg tuning in on Twitter, as always. Uh, Raptors Homer always tuning in on Twitter as well. Logan, thanks to you guys. Really appreciate that. Because I know for sure, as this podcast continues to roll, it's because of you guys going out there and repping what is the Wrap It Up podcast. Because this is your show. We want to talk about the Raptors, and especially on a Saturday night, 
we know how this country works <laughs> and let's be serious there's not many places you're gonna flick around and find a Raptors conversation on a Saturday night. So hopefully, as we continue to build this platform, you guys will continue to rock with me here on the Wrap It Up podcast, which again, we do live on Twitter after each and every Toronto Raptors game at Shell Alexander. Take your comments and questions there. And of course, if you're not a big Twitter person, but you like Instagram, we set up a feed there as well that you can still write in and interact with the show. That feed is at Sheldon Alexander and the podcast is still a thing so don't worry if there's ever a time you got to rush out after a game or you missed a game we got you covered just search on blast podcast remember wrap it up and ball on blast are just parts of the on blast podcast network so if you just search on blast podcast we got you covered on iTunes SoundCloud Google Play YouTube Spotify everywhere we got you like and subscribe rate us tell your friends all that fun stuff because i used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the wrap it up on blast raps post game show as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time monday night big boy game against the sixers first time since the four bounce Embiid's tears all that fun stuff wow uh, yes, I do got to call Webby up after that game, quite possibly. But until next time, see ya. Come on, blast.